This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Friday, uh, 18 August, year of Lord, 2023. Uh, ben Harnwell. I want to start with you. We got a lot to get through tonight uh, on the eve of our Saturday show. Um, I want to uh, Ben um, t- Ben Horn while doing a magical uh, Ben. You don't always have to wear. You know, you don't, don't always have to be so Natalie attired. I understand that. You know, they they they, they eat late in Italy. You're probably going out for, for some very swanky uh, dinner and uh, you know and entertainment afterwards. But you don't have to get, we're just here in the war room. You don't have to get dressed up for us. Um, ben, we've called this shot from the beginning on Ukraine, but uh, it is, uh, it's actually much worse, I think, than you and I even realized. The New York Times today coming out, uh, and if Memphis could put that up as the first headline, 500,000, half a million casualties, civilian, military, Russian, and uh, Ukrainian uh, in the first, what, year and a half of this war? This is an absolute disgrace. Uh, the blood is on the hands of the Biden regime, uh, Brussels, uh, the party of Davos, NATO, the city of London, all of it. Uh, walk me through this. It, it's more catastrophic than I think you and I even, I mean, we knew it was catastrophic. I didn't believe it was this level, but this is pretty uh, pretty shocking. It, it is shocking, Steve, and it also underlines a point, um, two points that we've been saying constantly in our analysis of this war. The first is that no one is really aware on either side what true level of the, the, the injured, killed, maimed, uh, mutilated are. But that, that, you know, that's, that's a given. It's very difficult to keep track of these things. You know, for example, we don't really know how many people died of COVID. We don't really know how many people have died of the vaccines. Um, in both cases, is in, in uh, to do with the way that, that these statistics are kept. The second point I would make is that the, these articles now are, are appearing with increasing regularity in the Western media. And there is a reason for this, and we've been pointing this out really since, since before it took place, whilst it was taking place and after it took place, and that is that the West is pivoting away from Ukraine. It's a, it's a, it's a slow pivot, but there's definitely a pivot. pivot. Now, the first article, if I may, Steve, I'd, I'd like to call on is the foreign policy article, article number one, please, Memphis, with the headline, should the West keep arming Ukraine or push for peace? Then it has to stand first slightly beneath that. Uh, a slow counteroffensive hasn't led to major breakthroughs, prompting calls for negotiation rather than escalation. Steve, you know, those words, we have been using them in one formulation or another. For, for a year and a half now, the mainstream media is starting to, to pick up on this and, and run with it themselves. This is foreign policy. So along with foreign policy, along with foreign affairs, these are the two big policy wonk magaz- magazines for the, for the foreign policy world. And, yet, and to read this kind of article in that medium, it's like listening in to, the, to an internal debate. 
um, which is really what these two magazines is, exist for. It, it, it's policy wonks really talking to themselves. If you want, if you want to, to see what the, what the wider propaganda is on massaging public opinion, you go to, for example, like the Washington Post or, or something like that. Um, to slightly less extent, uh, but still, still the same sort of thing. The New York Times. Um, but these magazines are, are the. This is a policy intelligentsia talking to itself, um, and this is what they're floating. I mean, I mean, as with all, as with always, Steve. I'm gonna. I, I will be linking to these um, to all the articles I'm referring to uh, on on this segment, which and I give the socials at the end of it. Just these are the basic two policy uh, experts just having an interview, talking to themselves, and paragraph after paragraph, um, it basically saying that the counter-offensive um, hasn't been going anywhere. And I'll just read out this segment just for the purpose that it just one out of many I could have picked, simply because it, it confirms and affirms what we have been saying on the war. I mean, that's important, I think. So people know, uh, have, uh, have, have confidence. Because when, when you do tack an editorial line at odds with the rest of the media, it's important to, to check in to say, you know, are we right on this? Is this eccentricity? Is it, are, are we being quixotic? Or is this actually the reality and just everyone else is ignoring it? Um, and it is, it is actually, obviously, the, the, the second second of those cases. So just to, I'm, going to give, I'm just going to cite one question and then a little bit of the answer, just to give a flavour of the whole article, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. First up, do we agree on the fact Ukraine has taken relatively little territory has been forced to commit its reserves without any major breakthrough. And while I wouldn't call the offensive failure, it's not a stunning success either. And then the interviewee says, we agree on those facts. But I think part of the problem was not Ukraine's performance, but unrealistic expectations in the West. Well, you know, a lot could be said about those un unrealistic expectations, and it's largely because we've been, we were subjected from before the counteroffensive when it was still the spring offensive took place, we, we were subject in the West to a massive propaganda exercise um, in the West. And that's probably one of the reasons why expectations were different from reality. Um, but that's, that there is the confirmation in that very important uh, policy magazine um, of, of, of the general tone and tenor of, of what we've been reporting on in the war. Memphis, I'm going to move on to the second article, if I may. This is um, article number two. It's the Washington Post, and the headline is uh, U.S. intelligence says Ukraine will fail to meet the offensive's key goal. Um, now, we like to refer to the Washington Post um, on the war room as the CIA's daily bulletin. Um, this is basically what the CIA, the CIA wants us to believe, um, because this is part of the pivot. Um, and in this instance, I'm going to suggest that it's not just the, the CIA. I think this is basically the White House here trying to uh, salvage something of now it, it, it's, um, it's shattered political credibility on the international stage. And it's trying to put a distance between itself and the failures uh, to suggest that somehow it's not actually, it's not, it's not all the Biden administration's fault, obviously. But, 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 but hang on here. Hang on, hang on here. This one in particular, I want to go to my, it's up on Getter, but if we can somehow, and maybe you're the guy that do it, get it past the paywall. This is a very important piece. When um, 
Ben says that the Washington Post is really the mouthpiece for the CIA. He's absolutely correct. When they want uh, David Ignatius, the columnist, they, these guys are very tied in, deep relationships with the CIA. When the CIA wants to put out something, put a trial balloon up, run something up the flagpole to test something or to get it in and then later say, well, that was already reported, right? You, you, that's not new news. The Washington Post is the platform they use more than any other. The reason this article, and I want to focus on this article, there is a stunning, breathtaking admission buried in the buried lead in this article. And I put it up kind of my headline on Getter. If people and everybody should go to Getter, it's a, it's a free app. It's got, we're breaking news on there all the time. We're putting up our analysis from all our different folks. I'm up there, um, you know, all hours of the night putting stuff up. In this Washington Post piece, they actually talk about the, as we told you, this is a combined arms operation that we train these folks for. And, you know, you've just heard, and you're going to get to in a second, we've just, you know, forced a couple of our allies and NATOs to, to provide them with F-16 uh, fighter jets. In the combined arms training, you know, this is artillery, um, armor, infantry, mounted infantry, close air support, all of it, highly complicated Really, only the, the Americans can really fight like this, maneuver warfare. Uh, and the Russians are experts since the last big guys they took on were the Wehrmacht, which were the absolute best army in history in combined arms operation. Uh, they took them on and fought them to a standstill and then rolled them back and crushed them. In this, in this article, they actually talk about what the Americans told the American senior military commanders in talking to the Ukrainians and training them and getting them ready for it, they said, you're going to actually take massive casualties, heavy casualties at the initial uh, start of this spring offensive. As you start to go in and, and punch through their lines. And once you do that, you've just got to hunker down and continue to pierce the lines and you're going to take more casualties. But if you stick with our plan of combined arms, you will eventually pierce their outer defenses. And then, and specifically, they're talking about the land bridge. One of the things they're talking about is the land bridge uh, that connects that, the, that this war gave uh, the Russians, the land bridge that connects Crimea to eastern Ukraine. That's, the tar that's where, uh, you know, the center of gravity is a town there, and you're just going to hit down. And you're going to take massive casualties first, but just do the old America and just stick down and just punch through it. Much of what we did in Normandy. The Ukrainians started taking these casualties. And remember, unlike the U.S. Army in Normandy, which was not particularly well trained to do this, and that was one of the reasons we took such heavy casualties and had such a tough time pushing the Wehrmacht back, although we had total and complete air, uh, air superiority, is that our guys weren't even that trained. Back in the 1940s, they spent so much time, as I've said before, training to actually take the beachhead and, 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 and get off the beach. Here, the casualties after a couple of weeks and massive casualties, and now you know from the 500,000 what we're talking about, the senior military commander said, we can't do this anymore. We're not going to do this. We can't. This is not working. We're getting slaughtered. We're losing so many good young men. We're losing our best guys. We can't do it. We're going to go back to the old Ukrainian way of fighting, which is little units going out and, 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 you know, and, 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 and testing the enemy, like reconnaissance and force, testing the enemy, and then we're going to try to go at, nibble at it that way which is not obviously what the Americans had in mind. But this is Mershon. Mershon, I told them, they're going to fight to every Ukraine, to the last Ukrainian is dead. 
And here, Ben, that's what's so shocking about this article. This is finally admitting and finally the apparatus in the war machine telling the world what they told the Ukrainians. And they're blaming the Ukrainians. Well, if the Ukrainians had just listened to us, we told them they were going to take massive casualties. They just had to stick with the program and finally just had to keep punching, keep punching, keep punching. You're going to take more casualties, but eventually you're going to pierce it. And that's how you're going to cut the land bridge off and the Russians will collapse, uh, you know, thereupon. The Ukrainian field command, this is what he said. There's been a, and I've heard this from many people in, in quite deep into the Pentagon and other places that have said there's essentially been, been a, essentially a mutiny in the field with a lot of field commanders that said, hey, look, screw the Americans, right? They don't have to sit here. We're not that well trained for this. The equipment's kind of all over the place. We don't really know what we're doing. We're getting slaughtered. The Russians are dug in, and we're not piercing these these different entrenchments or level layers of, you know, the, the Russians are now in, in deployed in, in defense in depth, right? Not just with tank traps and, 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 and mine. And this is the other thing. We, we know every square tiny centimeter of Ukraine because of the satellites. You're telling me that we didn't see the landmines going in? And we, this took months to do. The Russians just in all of a sudden, vavam, you know, magic wand, and we got, you know, all these landmines, and we have the tank traps, and we have defense in depth. Were the, the Ukrainians not briefed on this? Do they not know the level of defense of? And I think the Russians have proved pretty well that they know how to hunker down, and they don't mind uh, having a couple of three folks die in defense of that. This is a calamity. This is a calamity of historical scale. Never before in human history have a people been as misused and lied to as the Ukrainian people. And we said on the show a year and a half ago, and we told you the crime here is the innocent dead of the young men and women in the Ukrainian military and the civilians, Ben Harnwell. Uh, Steve, it's funny that both of us reading this article independently of one another flagged up the same paragraph and thought almost the same thing. Your your um you, your analogy was to think of the Second World War. I thought I was actually thinking of the First World War with the, with the old um what one military historian called it the, the lines led by donkeys, which is basically guys in London were just sending thousands a day, tens of thousands of, of young lads um in in, in the trenches um it, and they were getting mowed down right? because all you all you need is basically two Germans on top of a hill with an old Gatling gun. Uh, that the old tree runner for the machine gun, um, and they would just mow them down because because the generals were still fighting sort of sort of war w- with a Victorian uh, officer class mentality, and the technology had changed. But London was sort of it, it wasn't really aware of, of, of this. Here, here, here said, like, hang on, hang on. Here, here's here, here's it's a great analogy. Let me tell you the one glaring difference, which will get to my point here. In London, you had the you had the uh, foreign secretary and the war department and all that, and of course Churchill and Gallipoli. You had all, this. but the field commanders, what well, General French and those guys, the field commanders didn't didn't say no. They kept hitting and they kept hitting. That's the donkeys. The real donkeys were the British senior military leadership that had yeah, these notions absolutely. of return. They didn't go back to they didn't go back to the government and say we can't keep doing this. This is what has destroyed the United Kingdom. You talk about the prime reserve currency. World War I so gutted the spirit and took out so many of the best and the brightest. England's never recovered. That's in World War II. It took us 
four years to even get to Normandy because the British said, we can't take those kind of casualties we took at the Somme, we took in World War I. Hear the difference, and hear the potential hero of this story, I think, are going to be the field, d- different than British War are the field commanders of the Ukrainian army. Because they're sitting there, and that's what the story says. They're looking at Zelensky and all these guys back, partying in Odessa and partying in Kiev, all the nice nightclubs. And they're taking these young kids into this charnel house. That's where you're hearing about these mutinies. You're hearing about entire units that will not continue to fight. Or they will not continue to fight along the American plan. Because they're saying, we're not trained for this. One, we don't really have the equipment. Number two, this is so complicated. It's not what we do. We can go back to the small unit things we do in probing and and kind of Ukrainian, you know, Ukraine War 101, which is what they know in their DNA. That's how they fight. The field commanders here, different than World War I, is the commander sitting there going, I don't care what the Pentagon's telling us. I don't care what Joe Biden, what Jake Sullivan says. I, I particularly don't care about what Victoria Nuland says. These people have led us to our destruction. And remember, as soon as that Ukrainian army collapses, you wait till you see the Russians. You think the Russians are in, in, in Russian-speaking Eastern Ukraine today in the Donbass and Crimea? When that Ukrainian army collapses like the Russian army collapsed in World War I, the Russians are going to be on an, open, on an open sprint to Kiev. And I got to tell you, you're going to have massive pressure of NATO. You have massive pressure of of, of Joe Biden for a military intervention with young men and women from the United States of America. It is plain as day. The Ukrainian army is beaten. Okay, it is beaten. It's not me saying that. It's the Ukrainian field commanders. And if you don't believe it, read it. Don't go to Breitbart. Don't go to Gateway Pundit. Don't, don't go to Citizen Free Press. Go to the CIA-sponsored Washington Post where they're telling you, we told these guys, you're going to take these massive casualties, but you got to suck it up and go. And they're saying we can't do that anymore, particularly since they're not trained to do it. There is no piercing through. Ben Harnwell. Steve, I agree with every word, but I want to add one thing. Because I, you, you put that one difference between now and the First World War. I'm going to pick, pick out a different um, difference. And it really puts every previous war in one category and what we're seeing now in a new category, separate category. Um, and what is that difference? Why can't they do a rerun of basically just the, the cannon fodder mentality? Well, we'll lose 10,000 today. They'll lose sort of 11,000, so we might gain 100 yards, and that's fine. Why can't they do that anymore? Why? Because, and thank God for this, the invention of social media and social media platforms. So basically everybody, you know, you can, you can people there... People in, people in London, people in Kiev, people in, in Donetsk, people in the United States, everyone around the world will see the same images instantly. That's why you can't re- really get away with, 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 with forcing these kids in, into, a, into a charnel house because there will be, there will, you know, there are being mutinies. We covered this last, last week, but there will be a revolution. There would be a revolution, you, which is why. You know the leaders of the revolution? You know the people who know this best? You know the people who know this best? Besides the war and posse? You know who knows the best? The parents of the kids being sent to the Toronto house. All the bribes, he fired all the recruiters. Why he fired the recruiters? They're taking money. They took $5 million in Odessa alone. $5 million from the parents, from, yes, young men that could pay, but from the parents of the kids said, no, do not send my child. I, I consider myself a Ukrainian patriot. I don't see my child die for nothing, right, on this misconstrued 
uh, Jake Sullivan, Victoria Newland, Joe Biden. How would you like to have those guys setting up the national security policy for your country? Oh, they are saying of the national security policy for our country. This gets to the railhead of the illegitimate regime. You think it's not having an impact? It's having an impact globally. Ben, uh, other thoughts about it? Zelensky better understand this. His problem is going to come from two. Number one, he's already worn his welcome out in the West. Uh, they're starting to get jiggy on this guy in Washington. You can tell. Watch you see these articles coming out, already coming out. But his field commanders are, it, once they've had a belly full of, full of this, and they're going to say, hey, we, we can cut a deal with the Russians or there's a better way, but we just can't keep pounding on this. That's when he's going to have Zelensky's, the half-life of Zelensky's regime, I think is, I'm going to go out there on a limb now, around Thanksgiving. No later than Thanksgiving or December. Or unless there's a massive intervention from the America, and we know that that's not going to happen because the House Freedom Caucus in the House is going to stop that, including Andy Harris today. I don't know if you got that one, Ben, but the, the biggest House Freedom Caucus guy who was the co-chair the, and Harris is a good guy from Maryland. He's the co-chair of the Ukraine uh, committee. He's actually saying now, no, <laughs> he's gone from co-chair of the Ukraine committee to not another penny. Uh, this guy goes from the biggest cheerleader with the pom-poms out there, right? Up on Fox all the time. And he's a good guy. But he goes from that to, hey, over my dead body, not another penny. This is how quickly it's swinging. And it's led by the cadre of the Warren Posse, Ben Harnwell. Yeah, his precise um, words were, if there is a humanitarian, if there is humanitarian monies, non-military monies or military monies without an inspector general, I'm not supporting it. And he goes on to say, I'm sorry, we don't have that kind of money. Actually, I just I just close. Now, his story is, is unique because you're going to say to yourself, why is someone in the Freedom Caucus supporting being all in? And he has been all in. On Ukraine right from the beginning. His mother uh, was Ukrainian. She fled, I think, in, in, in the 50s. So he has that emotional connection. But now that the realities of the situation are, are kicking, kicking in. And this is what he says, right? And I think we're going to see more of this, Steve, as, as, the, as the 70 um, GOP members who originally voted against sending more Ukraine, uh, more money to Ukraine back in the beginning of the year. We're going to see that number of 70 start rising. I mean, it's already 71 now. But between now and when this boat comes to the floor of the House for for the extra 24 billion, um, that number is is only going to go up, uh, which is very encouraging because that's what's going to bring an end to this war. His final quote is, I think the time has come to realistically call for peace talks. I know President Zelensky doesn't want it, but President Zelensky, without our help, he would abjectly lose the war. And with our help, he's not winning. It's a stalemate now. Um, so, so that is exactly, I think, Steve, what, what you were just saying. And it's very good news indeed. Remember, the reason Harris and these people are coming forward, this whole thing started, remember, a couple of weeks ago, right when the House left. And, of course, a bunch of Democratic congressmen who are the, the most... These progressives are the big supporters because they hate Putin and, quite frankly, they hate the more traditional society in Russia. They fl- they went over there right away. They went there for CODELs, these con- congressional delegations, which are normally boondoggles. But they went over to actually get information because they had to be able to fight hard for all these different supplementals. And they knew the Republicans led by the Warren Posse were going to take a hard line. They're the ones that started leaking. They go over there and say, what in the hell is going on here? The briefings they got were like a reality check 
because they were asking hard questions since they were going all in on this. They're the ones that first went to CNN and started leaking. And then CNN came up with the poll 55-45. That was back then. 55-45, when people still thought the spring offensive and everything they'd been lied to was going to be effective. It was congressional Democrats that originally came and were truth tellers to leaking to the media saying, hey, we're seeing these classified briefings over here. And uh, this thing's not going so well. It's not going as well as we thought it was or not as well as we were promoted on. And you're going to see a lot of finger pointing between, uh, you know, Zelensky's regime and Biden's regime of who lied most. That's why the Washington Post story that buried lead so important, because right now the position yeah. is we told them, we trained them and we told them what to expect. A lot of Ukrainian troops are going to be slaughtered in the first couple of weeks, but you just got to keep your head down. You'll eventually start to punch through. And although the slaughter rate, there'll still be big slaughter. The slaughter rate will come down, but you just got to gut it out. That's the position they're taking. Now, you're seeing Harris and other guys whose political careers are very tied to this coming up and saying, hey, upon further review, as they get more classified briefings, they're coming out and saying, hey, I don't know if I, how much I'm for this right now. This is going to be a massive fight when we get back. Ben, we only got a couple of minutes. Uh, I know it's late in Rome. Um, give us your summary. I may try to track you down and have you on the Saturday show. There's so much to go through geopolitically, what's happening in Europe. The right, remember, right-wing parties are ascendant throughout the world. Why? People have had a belly full of what's going on. So we're seeing it from Argentina to Germany to Alternative for Deutschland. Ben Harnwell, uh, how do people get all your, uh, all your information? Um, get uh, simply my surname there. You see it at the bottom of the screen, Harnwell. Just tap into that, into the search box. And you'll find my profile there, warroom.org. And then, of course, uh, the War Rooms, Bannon's War Rooms, called our, our, our channel on Rumble on which all, all of these great videos are, are placed. Um, and, and we want to make sure you sign up for the morning newsletter. You get Ben's exclusive, all Ben's exclusive uh, pearls of wisdom. Yes, sir. Ben Harnwell. Always glad to have you here. Have a good night Thanks, in Rome, Steve. and we'll hopefully get you back on the show tomorrow. Thanks, brother. God bless. Ben Harnwell, our international editor, live from Rome. Uh, we're going to try to get Ben back on the show tomorrow. Okay. Um, short commercial break. We're going to turn back to my favorite topic. Man, this thing is amazing. One of the best looking books I've ever seen. Dark Aeon. The Joe Allen next in the war room. Did you know that the current cell phone towers only reach 7% of the Earth's surface? And you're for, if you're out of that range, or if the grid is down, how will you contact your loved ones? Think about that, 7% of the Earth's surface. That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. With your satellite phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private, and no one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages, 
encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, Satellite Phone Store is giving you a free Iridium 95555 satellite phone with a two-year plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That is sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's a free Iridium 9555 satellite phone. You want to include your family? This exclusive offer also includes family plans. What's more, each phone comes with a free Garmin watch, the ultimate companion to keep you connected wherever you go. Now visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50 at checkout for free activation or dial the following number, one 941 9551020 to snag your free Iridium 9555 satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, code Steve50. Take action, do it today. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train, and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby, and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app. Load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action. Action. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it because it just might. Canadian wildfire smoke has blanketed the United States, reaching as far as our southern states. And with wildfire season in full swing nationwide, toxic smoke is threatening our health. EnviroCleanse is military-grade air purification that's now available for your home. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty in breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That is how you keep your family healthy. And this is why the Department of Defense chosen EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And only EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air or you get your money back. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use code Steve for 10% off your EnviroCleanse air purification unit. You'll also receive the free air quality monitor Plus fast free shipping. That's 150 bucks saving. Now visit ekpure.com. Ekpure.com. 
Code word Steve. EKPure.com. Code word Steve. Take action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. To be honest, I mean, in a certain part of my mind, I, I can think, well, like in, in the end, I don't matter that much. My four kids don't matter that much. My granddaughter doesn't matter that much. Like we are patterns of organization in a very long lineage of patterns of organization. But they matter very much to you. Yeah. And, and right. other, you know, dinosaurs came and went and Neanderthals came and went. Humans may come and go. The AIs that we create may come and go, and that's the nature of the universe. Will, you, will, they, will they be capable of good and evil, or will those categories be retired once we get to doing these complicated operations? If I have to make a guess, those categories will probably be replaced by something subtler. My best guess of what, how the future will turn out is not that all humans will be annihilated and, and, and will not exist any further. And I, I think that there there can be superhuman superminds that are far beyond anything we can conceive. And there can also be AIs of roughly human level intelligence that exist in the human world. I mean, one, one opportunity, you can plug your brain into the superhuman mind matrix and, and in effect become part of some transhuman God mind, thus losing yourself and individuality but, but, but and, and humanity. But let, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. let, let, let me finish because we keep getting caught up on this point. But I, I think there will also be an opportunity to continue living a human life in much the same form as now, except with a whole AI-driven infrastructure that will 3D print any physical object that you want, that will cure any, any disease that, that you may get, and that will regulate things so that people don't blow each other up. Um, one of the things we try to do in the war is make sure that you, this uh, cadre, this vanguard of revolutionary change in the United States is, is fully informed of the most important topics of the day and in a sophisticated manner so that you can think it through, come to your own conclusions, and, 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 and the whole show is about empowerment and self-empowerment. Uh, and we, you know, you just saw in Ukraine, that's a more sophisticated conversation than you're going to get anywhere in D.C., um, and we try to do that, whether it's capital markets, the economy, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, the pandemic, uh, the, the mass mandates, you name it, right? CRT, every, every different aspect, including politics and, and, and the nitty gritty of making sure that we win the 2024 election and take our country back and everything that has to happen, taking down the deep state. With all of that, right, and we, and we try to really curate the show and, and really get to the, to the point with the best people out there that can help you get to the point. There is no topic that's more important than this issue of transhumanism. And you're seeing a little bit play out now with artificial intelligence. And one of the reasons, and that's why Joe Allen does such an amazing job of these cold opens, because you actually see things that are going on today in the way they think about it and discuss it. And these are the people right now, particularly with AI, that are being, the zones being flooded, where you see these bankruptcies and all this bankruptcy court on, on the Chinese real estate, and you're seeing the commercial real estate in the United States, and the banks having problems, and all the funds are upside down. Venture capital is flooding into, flooding into uh, the Silicon Valley right now. They're actually feeling a burst of energy like the beginning of the internet days. Uh, and you're also seeing uh, taxpayer money, that what's going on in our weapons labs, what's going on in the research universities, we put hundreds of billions of dollars into. 
and and you hear and but that's what's so powerful it's so powerful about the book dark aeon right which i love this book i just i love the feel of it i love the way that that our publishing partner skyhorse has helped us put it together this is as high quality as scribners or anything of the great uh of the great uh same as martin's press the great publishing houses in the past i mean this is a quality book and it's so powerful and lays it out so well but right there you saw in the in the in the in the cold open they're having these discussions and it's not, no, myself and my children are made in the image and likeness of God, which is the foundational element of the Judeo-Christian West. No, we are patterns of organization. We are patterns. There are people out there today that are putting hundreds of billions of dollars of bets, up to trillions of dollars, and driving this kind of convergence to the singularity. That, that's how they think. They don't think like you. You're sitting there thinking, well, no, I'm actually made in the image and likeness of God, right? And that's the foundation of the Judeo-Christian West. And I believe that to the core of my being. No, their thought is, no, you're just a pattern of organization. You're kind of like, you know, the dinosaurs, they were a pattern of organization. Or the cockroaches, they're a pattern of organization. You're just a, a quote, pattern of organization. Joe Allen, help, help, uh, help make it make sense, brother. Uh, Steve, I believe that uh, a vast portion of our elites have lost their minds, in essence. Uh, they have detached themselves from the sort of human reality that all of us live in and have uh, vacated into a dream world in which artificial intelligence is God, robots are our companions, humans are made holy through brain-computer interfaces, and our bodies can be kept alive in perpetuity through these machines and especially through genetic engineering. It's not all of them, and I don't think we've ever made that claim, and it's not a conspiracy theory. It's worse than a conspiracy theory. It is a cultural movement. It is a civilizational orientation, and you see it in the propaganda coming out in, from everything from the news to entertainment. Uh, you see it in this, this fevered race to create better and better, more sophisticated AI and to integrate it into every part of people's lives, especially the lives of children, through education. And so, you know, the real thrust of the book, uh, Dark Eon, Dark Aeon, um, the real thrust of the book is that, that idea that the civilizational orientation has been shifted away from God, away from the Christian tradition in the West, and across the planet, if you're talking about a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, uh, a Muslim nation, uh, among the elite, and it's, it's probably best expressed through Klaus Schwab's uh, wild proclamations of a fourth industrial revolution and many others, the civilizational orientation is away from God, what is transcendent, what is holy, and towards the machine. It's, it's worse than humanism. Uh, you know, humanism really stripped the sacred from the public sphere secularized the, the culture and politics and put all of the attention on the human. We will, we will focus on human excellence. We'll make humans excellent. Our icons will be actual human beings, real people instead of saints, instead of gods. Uh, transhumanism takes even that focus away and focuses, focuses that on uh, the machine made in the image of man and then with dreams of the machine becoming something far beyond the man far beyond the human, and the human either being some, some sort of subject to the machine or merging with the machine, or as we heard with Gertzel there, simply being replaced. We are just the sort of conduit 
through which all of these machines came and they will be our mind children and we will just simply fade away. We will dissolve. And people, it's very difficult sometimes to communicate this to people who live normal lives and are worried about their jobs, about the economy, about their children, about the potential for war. And uh, why should I worry about these technologies? Why should I worry about robots? Are robots going to come and take my home away? Are they going to kidnap my children? No, it's, it's actually worse than that. It becomes, you can see it in America. If you, if you visit Silicon Valley, uh, you can see it there. Uh, you know, the, the vast wealth disparity and uh, the, the uh, astounding sort of tech, techno fetishism that is endemic to the culture there. And spread across, we've covered this uh, continually, spread across uh, MIT, uh, the, the academia in London, in Oxford, in uh, Davos, the gathering of the, the billionaire class and the political class. You see it in Beijing. Uh, you see it in Shenzhen. You see it in Israel, in Tel Aviv. You see it in India. The orientation of the civilization is now towards this technological future in which the human being is only relevant to the extent that they are attached to the technology, that they are augmented by the technology, that they are enhanced by the technology. And it, it was really, when I first started looking into this 25 years ago, it sounded as crazy as I do now. Uh, but as the technologies are catching up, and as that techno-fetishism, as the culture is being suffused with it, it's very clear that very powerful, very influential people, very powerful corporations, and very powerful governments have shifted their orientation to the technological in this fashion. One of the, the, the canaries in the coal mine, I think, is the elevation of transgender people, and especially transgender children, as some sort of uh, sacred icon. You cannot, can, you cannot criticize it. You cannot in any way insult it. You certainly can't. You really can't even approach it. It is like the, the transgender person is somehow holy. And the transgender person is in many ways that sort of gateway to transhumanism. It's a human being who has been sculpted like, like clay by technology. And when you see children become either transgender or, or, or kind of fall into that trans-obsessed culture, I think it really is this canary is a canary in the coal mine of the broader technological shift. And what you see now with kids, you know, cross-dressing and in some cases taking hormones and in some cases getting actual surgery underage, uh, I, it is a sort of precursor for all of these other technological forms that, that are slowly creeping in. And if, if people 10 years ago wouldn't have believed that you could you'd be arrested uh, for criticizing a transgender person in, in a place like, say, London, uh, but that's the reality today. And that you could be fired for even saying, I don't want my child to be a, a transgender person. But that is definitely the reality today. And unless you think it's going to just stay the same here, and unless you think it's going to get better all on its own, you can assume that all of the other elements that we've been talking about techno-fetishism, transhumanism, even a post-human sort of orientation, all of that's coming on as well. And so my, my hope and you know, the way I end the book is to at least try to give people a sense that this is not uh, an invincible force. These are not invincible people. These technologies are powerful, but they are not invincible. The, the, the key to moving into the next sort of phase of human history, this new digital era, will be to erect cultural barriers to identify what is sacred in your community, in your family, uh, to identify what is precious, what is ancient, 
uh, to identify what the values are that you want your children to carry forward into their generation and their the next generation and so on and so forth. And you have to struggle to maintain that in a world of chaos, in a world of uh, deep fakes and just, you know, rampant digital uh, digitization of the, the social psychology. So uh, in essence, Steve, I, I think um, a lot of people accuse me of being uh, doomy and depressing and I, I'm guilty as charged, but I, I do not think that we are somehow uh, defeated. And I, I don't think that most human beings are going anywhere. I think that, you know, the, the human being will be the center of value on this planet uh, as, as long as one can imagine. It's just that like any other dark time in history, we face other human beings and their creations. Uh, and, and those human beings do not have our best, uh, our, our best interests at heart. And, and as ever in history, we simply have to identify these problems. We have to struggle in the face of it and we have to simply survive and win. The book is uh, Dark Aeon. Of course, it's pronounced Eon, according to the Cambridge official, but it's Dark Aeon. Um, it's a must-read. It is a tour de force. I couldn't recommend anything higher. And to get this and to get into it, it's a, you know, it's five, six hundred pages, but it, it takes that much for Joe to get down to, to the thesis. Here's one thing for people to think about. I want to tell a short story about uh, back in 16, before I took over the... Um, before I took over the Trump campaign, I think this was in like um, June or July. So it was, I left in August. I'm in the the offices we had set up at, at Breitbart um, in L.A. And two individuals, one I knew very, not very well, but I knew pretty well, um, was a uh, operative or an analytical guy in politics. And he had a sidekick with him. They came in for a meeting that we had scheduled to go through in June to make sure we fully understand, stood uh, the interconnectivity with uh, what was happening in Brexit, uh, that vote was going to take place in late June, and, and how that was, how a lot of this politics is interconnected and interlinked, and the analysts can show you that. And he showed up, and he had, uh, Joe, you might remember this, I think it was Google, they had those glasses where they were actually attached to a computer in the glasses, and these glasses kind of wrap around, and he and the guy showed up, and at first I thought it was a goof. And he sits down and they start the meeting. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, this is kind of fine. I said, he says, oh, no, no, we're in a beta site test. Uh, we're wearing these for the, for the month. And I go, you're wearing what? And he goes, well, we're wearing these. We're kind of attached to the computer and it's the Google thing. And he's got that. And I said, you can actually have a computer. He says, yeah, everything we can fact check. We do all kinds of stuff. I said, yo, bro. I said, they're either coming off. It's the end of the meeting. I said, I'm not sitting here with some cyborg. Right. I'm not going to do that. And that's what you are as a cyborg. And he thought I was kidding. I said, hey, it's real simple. The, either the glasses come off or we're finished. And a couple of the guys at the conference room go, this is Bannon being Bannon. I said, no, I'm not going to sit here and have a meeting with a cyborg. And you're a cyborg. And he kind of admitted, he says, yeah, that's, I said, fine. Remember that experiment kind of failed, I think. But it was so eerie. And I knew this guy. It was so eerie. And he, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this beta site test for Google. And we're going to do it in, uh, you know, for the next month. I said, hey, you could do it anywhere you want, but you're not going to do it in here. and You're not going to do it with me out. Either take them off or leave. And he says, well, I can't take them off. I'm like, I said, fine, then out. And he says, well, I can't. I said, I don't care. Out. Never met with him again. Anybody that in your life, in this audience, you're going to have someone in your life because we're talking about enhancement, either chipped, get some someone in your life that's dear to you within the next 12 months. 
is going to come into your life and they're going to actually say they're going to have an enhancement. They want to either have an operation. They're already chipped. You're going to sit there with someone in your life that you know and you've known for a long time and you love or you're close to. And they're actually going to be part of the enhancement part of Homo sapien 2.0. Mark my words. It will happen to you within the next 12 months. They're not going to come back as a full cyborg, but from all the other, all the options, all the entry level gateway types, the things they can do to get in there, it's going to happen. And that's why you need to read the book. This is not science fiction. Something's going to happen in the future. This is now and in the labs and in Silicon Valley with trains of dollars pouring in there. The next war, the next war we fight, the war of the CCP, a lot of it's going to be around artificial intelligence and things like this. So uh, we got to bounce, Joe. Um, maybe I'm, I'll track you down more. I want to make sure we go through this so people understand. At the end of the day, this is a spiritual war. But when people are all over Tucker for, you know, Tucker's about replacement theory. Hey, folks, this ain't the replacement theory of, of, uh, of people of color or people of a different ethnicity or people of a different religion. Or this is about the replacement theory of something called Homo sapiens, of humans. This is all about the, and remember, the vanguard of the wealthy and the billionaires. Their simple mission is not to help mankind. Their simple mission is quite focused. They want to live forever. They got a great deal running here. They're not quite sure. They're not real believers in any afterlife, and they're certainly not believers in leading a moral life. So they're not too, they're not, they don't want to get to judgment day too quickly. So they're all about immortality, everything they do. But the amount of money coming in here, someone in your life that you know you're close to or you're acquainted with within the next 12 months, will walk in and say, hey, I got chipped. I did this. I got this in my hand. Boom. I, I don't need a credit card anymore. You will go, oh, my God. They are no longer just a human. They're an enhanced human. And that's going to end in tears. Joe Allen, how they get the book? How they get to you? Well, Steve, you can find it at Amazon. You can find it wherever books are sold. You can find it uh, links at the top of my social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. And you can find a link at the top of my site, uh, joebot.xyz. And as Steve, by, by the way, uh, you know, people are probably seeing these palm readers rolling out at Whole Foods. Uh, the, right now, they're yep. just above 3 million customers uh, the 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 trend has already come in, and you don't even need a chip. No. You're just simply you've become your wallet. Think about it. Okay, Joe Allen, I'll track you down. Maybe get you on tomorrow. This thing's too good. The book's too good. Go to Amazon right now. Order it. This is going to be a New York Times bestseller. This book's amazing. Okay, we're going to leave you with one of the great songs from the American Songbook. Jim Reeves, one of the great voices. Precious memories. We will be back here on fire tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. My favorite show of the week, Saturday. See you then.
Imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens better health promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon and get the better health promise. And the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. 
You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.